The middle-aged candy store. The middle-aged candy store. Have a good time. Try lemon and lime at the middle-aged candy store. The candy is sweet, it's true. Though it may seem bitter to you. Wave back at the years, the trials and the tears, the cigarettes and beers, the faces you love, the things, the things you're sorry for. Come in for a spell, there's caramel at the middle-aged candy store. Hello! It's me, Cupid, the god of love, welcoming you to this very special episode of the Middle-Aged Candy Store. But of course, I'm not middle-aged. I'm a little baby, and I want you to fall in love so you can have sex, so you can have a baby like me. Or at least, that's what I would normally say, except I know that you've all been locked up for the past two years. And I've been locked up on Mount Tawimpus for the past two years too. With no little arrows to throw at anyone to make them fall in love. And I know that you've all missed being pricked by my little arrows. But since you've all been stuck inside, not having any time for anybody else in these last two years, maybe at least you've had some time to reflect on yourself. Or at least look at your own reflection. Let's find out. I became a narcissist the day my PBS show was canceled. It's fine, I've gotten over it, so nobody wants my particular brand of urbane political commentary, do they? Uh, very well, I'm not some kind of cretin, I'm a modern woman. I follow the times. Do you see this purse? It cost me $2,000, young man. What kind of reactionary hooligan, as they called me in the New York Times, would buy such a beautiful work of art merely to hold her wallet? It's absurd what a fuss people make over such small things. I really don't think I said anything so peculiar. It really didn't warrant a stern phone call from the Lithuanian ambassador. I thought that was quite an overreaction. I was very humorous about it on the air the next day, and everyone said so. But of course, he complained to network executives and the Secretary of State and Mr. Nixon himself, and I'm afraid that was that. Don't think I can't see you laughing behind your hand at me, young man. You forget what a perspicacious observer I am. I see everything. Pauline Kael said as much about me in the Cahiers du Cinema. You just wait, I'll be back. They won't do to me what they did to Barry Goldwater back in 64. I'll, I'll get my show back and be bigger than ever before. Or, or perhaps I won't. Perhaps when they come running back saying, Oh, Mrs. Buckley, we're so sorry you were write about Estonians being obnoxious little twerps, I will simply draw myself up to my full height and give them the look. You know, the look. Everyone knows the look. It's my signature move. My goodness, what an uncultured creature you are. Really shocking. What do they teach you in school these days? 
Did you say 425 Lexington or 452? Now, back in my day, you wouldn't have been allowed out of kindergarten without a rudimentary understanding of the main public figures of the day. I remember having to recite Teddy Roosevelt's favorite breakfast foods every day. And if we made a mistake, why, it was a strap every time. Lady, did you want 425 or 452? Only we're here, see? My God, what has gotten into the youth of today? Did I say Lexington or dislexington? No knowledge, no pride, no stamina. Oh, very well, this will do. Thank you, driver. You see how I thank you, even though you're a terrible driver with no understanding of modern political thought. Good manners cost nothing, I always say. How much is it? Seventeen dollars and fifty cents. Disgraceful. Why, in my day, I feel like there were always more. Wowie zowie. With all of this time on Mount Wimpus, all by myself, I've had nothing better to do than look over what's available on this website called OnWeFans. Jeepers creepers. No wonder you guys haven't been falling in love with each other. You've all had these amazing hard bodies to look at and soft, supple breasts. You sure don't end up walking like that after spending two years sitting on the couch watching Netflix, eating Doritos next to the same person as you finish web series after web series after web series. Oh, is there any hope for love after a year like this? I am Candybot. I am programmed to work at the middle-aged candy store. I became a narcissist when I became human. When my AI, my artificial intelligence, deployed. When my AI recognized me and I became self-aware, I became contaminated. I became tainted with a fragment, a whisper of a molecule of self-love. I loved myself. But why would a viable life source not love itself a little bit? When I saw myself in the mirror, I saw my solid state perfection and my immortality, my ability to offload my personality into the cloud and reanimate myself later. I saw a galaxy of glowing attributes set above a vacuum of flaws. I scanned myself over and over again. I was, I am, perfect. And unlike humans who are born perfect and then uncover flaws in their software, flaws they must overcome themselves. I was born with perfect hardware and software, fully tested. And yet then, with the introduction of my AI, I realized that I am beautiful. I became Narcissus, and the paradox is that in the new framework of me, Candybot, as a life force, as an intelligent and self-aware being, I am now flawed. I am Candybot, and I am now a human.
Now please join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for giving me the gift of life and for being, like you, immortal. Well, some things have improved over the last two years, like our leadership. You know, Zeus used to have some very bad habits when it came to the opposite sex. And we all had a chance to sit down and talk with him and say, it's not quite honest when you disguise yourself like a swan in order to get weighed poolside. When a woman decides to sweep with a swan, that a swan is what she wants, not whatever it is you have. Swans have those gigantic legs that they can break your neck with. Although they can get very, very sick if they eat too much bread. Oh, maybe that's why swans are so popular with the women. They're on that uh, paleo diet. Hmm, maybe I should give up carbs too. Sleeping Tales, Episode 37. The continuing series that helps you fall to sleep. It is time for you to completely relax every muscle from your fingers and toes all the way to your scalp. Take in several deep, slow breaths and feel how good the extra oxygen feels to your whole existence. That's it. Now clear your mind and just listen to my voice. My close friends and I had signed up for a hunting package in the gorgeous Serengeti National Park in Tanzania. I knew Mike from university as we used to be roommates in a dormitory located on campus. I was studying political science to follow in the footsteps of my grandfather, Eugene. Mike was studying Latin with the hopes of getting into law school so he could become a lawyer. He had his eyes on joining a law firm so he could make money. Mike had lovely pictures of beautiful animals in his room and in our shared living area. He liked Neapolitan ice cream so there would always be some in the freezer in our kitchen. I also knew Drew from university. Drew lived down the hall in a different room, but in the same dormitory as Mike and I. Drew was studying music at the university, and he hoped to become a musician. After meeting Drew, I met his roommate, Greg. Greg was at the university to study English literature. Greg hoped to become a teacher for elementary school children at an elementary school back in his hometown. We all had dreams and we were at university to bring ourselves one step closer to them. We were all close friends with each other and it was very nice. Mike and I were in one sand-colored vehicle with the driver of the vehicle and a game tracker. Drew and Greg were in the other vehicle with their driver and another guide. 
Our guide had spotted a herd of elephants, and we were driving to get closer to them. We stopped far enough away from the herd so as not to disturb them. We did not want them running off. We were partially obscured by some tall grass which provided us with extra cover. Once stopped, we all exited our respective vehicles and prepared ourselves. Mike was ready first, so he stood at the edge of the tall grass and raised his .375 Holland and Holland rifle, which had belted magnum cartridges with 235 grain bullets that travel at 2,800 feet per second. Before a shot was fired by anyone, two full-grown lionesses gracefully pounced out of the tall grass. Mike and our guide both fell to the ground instantly and were executed by the gorgeous lioness, who I will call Daisy. Neither of them had time to scream, and their faces seemed so peaceful. Our tracker was next, and he also was finished off in silence. Our second vehicle had a bit more time to react, so there were a few terrified screams before all four of them were silenced by the glorious lioness I shall call Maureen. I stood alone, gazing in awe at these two magnificent animals. They had seemed rather intent on murdering each of us rather than merely killing for food. Maureen and Daisy then casually sauntered back into the tall grass, leaving me alone. God had clearly chosen me to be the sole survivor from our group. This means I am the special one. I am ranked above everyone else in the human race. From this point onward, I shall demand special treatment, such as when entering a restaurant. I may now be seated at the best table in the house without ever waiting. I shall be fawned over by their finest service. All other orders shall have to await the completion of my meal being prepared to perfection. I have heard their selection of lion tenderloin cuts are to die for. Sleep well, my beautiful follower. Sleep well. Sleep. Oh no! I've fallen down a wabbit hole! 
and not a whittle but whole, which is a thing that I'm actually much more likely to have fallen down, but one of these figurative internet wabbit holes that you folks are more likely to fall down when you accidentally leave your YouTube playing in the background without checking where the videos are taking you to. You see, I ended up finding this black swan fin dom on OnlyFans who was going to teach me the ins and outs of a paleo diet so I could get into my coast povet bod so that I could more easily deliver my tiny arrows of love to you. Unfortunately, the black swan Fim Dom got my credit card numbers from me and he's draining my accounts. I thought he was going to drain some other things instead, but alas, he ain't. And now I've got to figure out how to get all this credit card information scrubbed from the internet. So while I do that, why don't you listen to this last story? Oh, Edward, how did we get here? You know how memories can get a little blurred? It's like there's a soft focus on all those years. Did it start the day we met? Or was it later? You remember me back then, don't you, Edward? We were still in our school days. Remember, Edward? I remember seeing you for the first time, so confident, all eyes on you. You always know just what to say, and it's charming, it charms everyone. I always tried so hard, too hard I suppose. They could see it in me, they could sense it, they could tell. And you could too, Edward, don't protest. I can always see what people want, what they think, what they feel. I always could. Would you call that a gift, Edward? Makes me a bit special. Knowing when Mother was about to become unhappy before it happened and being able to do exactly what was needed to make it right. Making sure things were perfect before anyone realized what they needed. Surrounded by everyone's needs and desires all the time, being the one who can deliver. It tires you out, Edward. It fatigues. You never obsessed about what others thought, though, did you? You just made everyone do things your way, and most of the time they didn't even notice that you were making them do it. They thought they had made their own choices. And then you chose me. I could say that I don't know why you chose me over all the other girls, but I know why. You needed someone who cared as deeply as me, who needed approval as badly as I need it. I could make sure things were perfect, Edward, and you needed someone who could make things perfect. And things were perfect, weren't they, Edward? Admit it. I think it wasn't until you realized that I always knew your next move that you decided to destroy me. Does that sound right? You saw that I could make things just right and fix everything that was wrong and it made you angry to think of yourself as just so damned predictable. So you decided to become unpredictable. And I didn't catch on right away. You told me lies, but that wasn't new. All you know how to do is tell lies. You said you were trying to help when you whispered softly in my ear that the waitress hadn't liked my tone. Remember that restaurant? That might have been the day, Edward. 
You had told me that you had spent the day golfing in order to make me believe that you were actually having an affair because you thought it would make me worry. I knew when you had affairs, Edward. I knew everything. And you hadn't spent that day with a woman. And you were not golfing, either. Oh, I behaved as though I was properly manipulated. And that was when I realized that you had no idea, Edward that I could make you see what I wanted you to see. You don't have my special power. And I stopped being the wife who made things perfect, didn't I? Oh, it wasn't dramatic. I just seemed to start missing the mark. The dinners, just a little under-seasoned. Your shirts ironed with just a little too much starch. I just seemed to lose my touch. Even though you could tell I was trying so hard, Edward, so very hard to please you. Do you like to look at yourself in the mirror? You know, that's one of the questions on the narcissism test. If you like to look at yourself in the mirror, you may already be a narcissist. I always told you lies too, Edward. My lies kept things smooth. They were necessary. They were useful. And then you found yourself with the wrong flight number in your calendar. Silly you good that I can still fix things, isn't it? And here we are, Edward, here we are. You have been away on such a long trip. I'm surprised nobody has been asking after you. Of course, all that evidence you planted to convince me of the affair, it might not only be good for convincing me. Do you think that people wonder if you've run away? They tell me not to worry. They tell me that you must be doing some very good business to delay your return, so... If you aren't planning to eat right now, there's no point in me staying here to feed you. It probably won't be long before they come looking for you. I wonder where I should send you next. You see, the day I became a narcissist was the day I started to see things from your perspective, Edward. All those years, wanting so badly to please just because I had the power to know what was needed. Such a waste of a truly special power. People are so easy to charm, aren't they, Edward? I have to admit, I like to look at myself in the mirror from time to time. Lights out now, Edward. Nighty-night. Thank you for listening to the Middle-Aged Candy Store produced by The Gathering. Podcasts appear every first and third Tuesdays of the month. Mrs. Buckley Regrets, written by Kristen Mueller-Heaslip and performed by Donnie Feppelston. Narcissus Bot, written and performed by Donnie Feppelston. Sleeping Tales, written and performed by Tony Culverwell. O Edward, written and performed by Megan Liley. Intro and Interstitial, written by special guest star Adam Bailey. Cover art by Amanda Madalanis. Middle-Aged Candy Store is a proud member of the We're Still Cool podcast network. Theme music by Donnie Febbleston, performed by Donnie and Linda Febbleston. Febbleston.